And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Welcome into the Non-Negotiable Podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm here tonight with Pascal. How you doing, Pas? What's up, Gav? I'm well, you? Good. And Jazz, how you doing, mate? Hey, hey. <clears throat> good, good. All right. Well, let's let's crack on with it then. So, huge game on Sunday. Massive game. Uh, Man City go to Southampton on Saturday. I think we can rest assured that that's three points in the bag. So, it's a big game at Anfield. We've got an Awful, awful record there. Um, early team news looks like Saliba is going to be out. Don't think he's going to make it. Um, Jazz, we've we've been poor there in in recent years. You you got some good feelings on us turning it around for uh, this time? Man, I I hate to be negative, but I, but I don't. Um, look, I think we've got the the talent, especially if everybody is fit. Uh, I just worry about that that mental block in there their home support and, and just how, uh, you know, they've been pretty much, you know, old Liverpool at home. Um, so as much as I'd love for us to turn it around, I, I don't, I don't feel great about it, you know, but I, I hope I'm wrong. It is crazy that, I mean, they've lost one game at home in the league all season. They've lost eight on the road pass. It's, it's a challenge, right? Yeah, it is. It's it's a really, I mean, I know he was ridiculed a lot, but kind of explains why Mikel Arteta did that. Um, you'll never walk alone uh, kind of uh, uh, music when they were training to try and get them in the mindset um, for what what is a really, really tough place to go. I mean, their, their record there over the last, since they've actually become a really good team, has become, is it, uh, what's that, the last five years, six years since Klopp's been there? It's just, I don't know the exact stats. Maybe, maybe... Um, Maybe one of the guests will, but um, we'll. Um, I, I think it's just going to be a really um, difficult. Uh, it's always a really difficult environment. I mean, when we played them, I remember. I always this one sticks in my mind that Champions League match. It still still hurts me today when Theo Walcott made that run, and it's just the Anfield roar when there's like a penalty claim, and it, it's just something about that play. So. Yeah, it's going to be really, really tight. It was actually, it's actually the game out of the ones left that I'm the most fearful of, and that's including City. I just the atmosphere really is something there, and um, it's a tight space. It's an old school ground. It's a old school stadium, I should say. So um, yeah, we definitely got our work cut out when we go there. We do. Uh, Trossard got a, a hat trick there earlier on this season. Uh, I personally, I don't think that really, really matters. Uh, but Juz, do you think there's any chance that Mikel is going to be swayed into starting him with that in mind? I mean, obviously, doing what he did there earlier in the season, he must know something. Yeah, uh, I've kind of been, uh, you know, chewing on this all week on if I think uh, Trostart's going to be part of the starting lineup. And, you know, I kind of think he has to be. Um, I'm not exactly sure where, but, you know, his form's been really good. Uh, you know, he, he's he got a little uh, Arshavin in him, uh, I think. 
the hat trick from earlier this season. Um, I think it'd be really unfair to drop him. I just, you know, that front three is, is, is good. You know, it's hard to be, it's hard to put somebody or take somebody out, I should say. Um, but yeah, I, I think he should start. It's it's a tough one, and I'm again I'm comfortable with with whichever three from the four he starts. Past Saka's coming back in, right? That's the one thing we know for sure. Yeah, I mean you can't. I mean this this is a player that scores in the big games as well. Saka, people forget that about him. I mean the Liverpool game we played them at home, he scored that important penalty. Uh, he also scored the first goal, I believe, but he scored the important penalty. I remember when uh, Jesus was. Uh, was uh, hauled down. Um, I, I mean, I see Martin's... Uh, sorry, Martin. See, I'm not feeling very... Justin, I see your point completely. Sorry about that, man. Um, I see your point completely about Trossard, but my my thing is, can you take Martinelli out? Because Martinelli's been in great form. In fact, um, the last few games, he's been outstanding. Jesus scored two goals the other day and uh, showed what we've been missing there. So it's a really difficult one because... I mean, who do you, it's it's a headache and a half that one. That's a migraine because I, I think for me, as much as he's played well, I'd probably stick with those with Martinelli, Jesus, and Saka, and as a bench option, he's excellent to come off, come on the, um, come on when we need him because he can really be a thorn, um, in any team's backside. So, um. I I can't see him dropping Martinelli, Jesus, or Saka. That's that's the reason why I would say he would be on the bench only for that reason, not so much based on his form. See, I would I would agree with you there, Pass. And I think for me, the reason that I would go with that front three is because Trent doesn't like defending. He's not interested in defending, and I think the directness and the pace of Martinelli would give him more problems than the technical ability of Trossard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, do you think it is Trent, though? Because I don't know. I know I know. yesterday um, it, you it said it that it looks like he's resting the players for the game. But I don't know if he's going to go with Gomez just for more, uh, even though Gomez is not really that great, but for more solidity at the back. Because Trent has been in woeful form. Um, it's been so bad, in fact, that he might actually put Gomez in. But I see what you're saying. I think I, whoever will be in that right back position is in is in for um, uh, a rough ride. And I think Martinelli does seem he does turn up against Liverpool. In fact, now think about it, he scored the first goal against Liverpool. So there you go. Martinelli scored the first goal when we played them at home. Saka scored the decisive one. Um, so I think. You've got to say it's Martinelli and Saka for me. And I just think that they, they are the ones that will cause Liverpool so many problems on the wing. Um, and going to your point, whoever is at right back, I think is uh, going to be the weak point for, for them defensively. So um, in, in saying that I think uh, Trossard should start, I, I might, I'd probably have him in for Jesus to start the game. Right. I think it makes the most sense, you know? Right. Um, yeah, because- see, that's... That's yeah, that's, that, that would probably be the li- the most likely of uh, the three. I, I do think that there is a chance that, that Arteta would do that. Personally, I wouldn't do that. I think Jesus, we said it last week, he was bought to be this team starting centre-forward. He's done absolutely nothing since he came in except show that he should be this team's starting centre-forward. Um, I've got to be honest, there is no way in the world that I would consider not playing Jesus, but I do agree with you that there is a chance that 
Arteta does decide that and he decides to unleash him off the bench in the last half an hour. It's not where I would go, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if if he went that way. Um, talking about the resting players in the week, Judge, how shocked were you to see that Liverpool lineup against Chelsea? Yeah, I was upset. Um, I uh, they rotated a lot more than I uh, expected, and uh, I mean, I, I think it's it's flattering. You know, it, it shows that. Uh, um, I feel like it shows that they're taking us more seriously than than Chelsea, as well they should. I mean, just by table position. But um, yeah, I I didn't expect that much rotation at all. I figured they they'd try to go full strength against uh, against both of us. But I guess because they've got that, they had that block of City, Chelsea, Arsenal. They had to uh, to to rotate some, and it makes sense to do it in the Chelsea game. So taking a step back, it you know. You can kind of understand it, but yeah, I, I was uh, pretty upset when I saw it because we're gonna we're gonna be going up against a lot of fresh legs in that Liverpool team. Do you think, just that there's something to say for the fact that it was away rather than at home? Like they've they've they had they've had by their standards by their recent standards a torrid season, but their home record is still good, and I feel that there's a little bit of protect the house involved here, right? Like they're not going to achieve their aims for this season. So is it just more important that they keep that home record going and damn the away results? Yeah, that's a that's a really good call. I think for for mentality purposes, uh it does make more sense for them to do that. Uh I'm sure the 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 whole mindset of the team is a lot more positive when they have home games, you know, because of the record and I think um uh, being able to rotate for Chelsea and then bring it back home against, you know, the league leaders in in Arsenal. It, it, that that does yeah that makes a lot more sense trying to keep that good home that good home form yeah i think there's there's something to that for sure and you know and they're still a dangerous team whatever uh, you know through the years jot has given us so many problems when he was at wolves when he's at liverpool salah's always given us problems thank god sido mané is gone because he's an awful mm-hmm. awful human being i'm glad i will never look at his face again but it, they're, they're still going to be a tricky team this weekend. There's no doubt about it. Has This is a game that I think we need to be on the front foot for. I don't think there should be any pragmatism involved here because for, personally, I think we need to win. I don't think we can lose here and lose at the Etihad and win the title. I just don't. I think we need to win one of them games or, or draw a pair of them. Do you think we're going to go into it front-footed, that fast start that we like to do? I'd hope so. Yeah, I'd hope we do. Um, I, I I thought that's what we uh, did against United. Um, I thought that's what we did against City at home. Um, we've been. We, there, there shouldn't be any reason why we'd be any different. Well, I know Anfield is a is a daunting place to go, but that seems to have been our tactic against the bigger teams. Um, so we we got to take the game to them. I, again, like you said, I, I, I draw a, a defeat. I think we. have demoralizing because it's you know it's a big big team we're playing they're not in particularly good form yes they are playing at home but still we are the better team by far um and we've got to go in there with a mindset that we are going to we want to be the champions and we've got to go there and win we had to do it in in um gav you remember um 1991 we had to go there yeah yeah we had to go there. Anfield, tough place. We beat them obviously 2-0 in 88, 89, but they they were the champions that season. And we went to um to them and we pulled it off and we were the better team that day. 
I have a good feeling about it, though, going in. I know he, he dropped a lot of players, but they did get battered, remember, against Man City, and they were awful. So I think some of them were actually more tactical uh, and understandable, like Trent, for example. But there are players like Salah that you wouldn't accept. You, wouldn't, you, you know is more thinking about the Anfield game. But I think we just need to take some. We can do. We've got the players. Um, so I, I, I think we play our game. Well, mentality, make sure it's as it has been in the last seven games. And I, I think we can come away at the very least with a draw. And I'll, I'll be happy with a draw, to be honest. Pats, do you think as well, with all them changes they made on Wednesday night, uh, Tuesday night, sorry, as well as being resting, tactical, whatever, it was a kick up the arse. It was a message. Yeah, that's what I think. I think there is obviously a thought process that they're playing us. Um, but... I just, I find it, unless Klopp's losing it, but you're still playing Chelsea, you're playing them away. I mean, why would you want to think of the Arsenal game when you're so low down and you're so way behind in points? Is it because you think that's a guaranteed win? I doubt it. Um, so I, I would think that that was also a message, I think, that he's throwing out so that no one is... You're all droppable, including Van Dijk, who who hasn't been himself this season. Um, so I think there was a little bit of that in there. Um, uh, but I think play, players like Salah, I don't think he did anything particularly wrong in that Man City game. In fact, he scored the goal. I think that is definitely more him trying to play the other front three um, uh, uh, and have Salah ready for the uh, for the game on Saturday uh, Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, I just to me it was really weird because just they've still got an outside shot at top four, right? I mean, it's more difficult now they've dropped another two points. But if they're the one with Spurs in obvious turmoil, okay, Newcastle have won a couple of games on the bounce now, but, but they've not looked good recently either. United are diabolical on the road. So fourth was still up for grabs, wasn't it? Yeah, it is weird. Uh in that regard, um, you'd think they would really try to go all out because that was a game I feel like, you know, that they could have won, you know, uh, like a, a full-strength Liverpool side, even with their uh, sketchy away form, I feel like is is a better side than this Chelsea side. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's just a weird one. I don't, again, I mean, I feel like it's it's kind of flattering, it, it, you know, with regards to us because it's, it's like they, they really wanted to uh, like show up for our game. But yeah, I don't know why they would just throw in the towel on this Chelsea game. It, it feels that way, you know? Yeah, and Paz, you can't read anything into their performance, can you, on Tuesday? Because it's half a team. So Chelsea really battered them for the vast majority of that game. I think the XG was like 2.8 to 0.3 or something. I mean, Chelsea dominated them in that game. But I don't think we can read anything into it. Firstly, because it's a way, and like we said... The difference between Liverpool at Anfield and away from Anfield is just so stark. Um, but also, that's not the team we're going to face. No, it's not. But I mean, you know, look at players like Fabinho. He was awful. I mean, this is a player that was their kind of their parte um, in the championship winning season. Uh, if you look at Henderson, I've never been a big fan of Henderson, but I know he's been pretty important for them. He's looks done. Um you look at some of the uh, Firmino, I think, obviously, he's leaving at the end of the season. Um, and then, you know, you, you kind of uh, Matip, he wasn't too bad. But there are players in that team that will start, that should be starting 
for them and don't really look, they look a shadow of the players that they were. But like you said, Anfield us uh, has a historical, it has a historical part to it. It's always one which they're going to be up for, no matter how crap their team is. I mean, we've gone to Liverpool away and played some of the crappiest Liverpool teams and they still show up. I mean, we've gone up to when they had like Mark Walters and players like that. So I, I, I don't think there's going to be any doubt that this is going to be a totally different game to the one we've been seeing. Um, but um, I think we're a totally different Arsenal from the ones that have gone up there in previous years. Yeah, I mean, the mid to late 90s, I went up there four years in a row. And uh, we got the green kit. Every Remember time. the green kit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we, we got battered every time. Collymore uh, ripped us apart once. McManaman tore us to pieces. Robbie Fowler got a hat trick in seven minutes or uh, four lying. minutes, I think. And yeah, we were, we just got torn apart every time up there. But this, I think what you said, Pass, was, was right in that we are just a better team than them. Mm. Player for player, we are a better team. They are coming to the end of their cycle. We are at the start of ours. We're on the rise. They're on the fall. And I think we're just a better team. Just This just comes down to us not getting in our own heads and going out there and playing like they're not called Liverpool and it's not Anfield, right? Uh, yeah, listen, I think with regards to this game, uh, we're going to be our own worst enemy. Um. I think, you know, you just said it. I mean, player for player, uh, I think we're the better side. Even trying to take, um, you know, any biased biased opinions out of it, we're definitely the more informed side, if nothing else. Um, but I'm, I, it is just kind of that, that mental block um, that I think is going to be a problem for the players, a real obstacle. Um, but, you know, maybe this is just fandom talking as well. Maybe it's a mental block for us or me at least, and, and uh, the, the players don't even see it that way. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's going to be all down to, 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 the, to the guys, and if they can get over it and have a good performance, they can do it. Yeah, this is scar tissue for us. Like, these, these, this is wounds that are – they're still gaping. I mean, we've had some hammerings up there over the last, over the last few years, some real hammerings up there. Um, and we remember that. And I think sometimes – Yeah, and I think sometimes the players – don't remember that. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like they yeah. plays on our mind more than there. For a start, off, some of them weren't even here. This is a very different Arsenal side. I mean, we've not been to Anfield with Zinchenko um, playing at left back. We've not been to Anfield with with Jesus up front. So this is a very different Arsenal side as well. We're talking about the front footedness, the need to get on a start pass. I mean, <laughs> is this is this the most important coin toss? we're ever going to have. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I feel like we need to win the coin toss, get Justin's favourite kickoff done and get him in that corner. Yeah, yeah. And and going back to your point, Gav, um, yes, uh, yesterday, uh, last year, when we played them at Anfield, we got battered. But we were in that game until that little ruckus between Klopp and Arteta, which you rightly yep. called out, was uh, kind of triggered the uh, the fans and got them on their yeah, side. Klopp, Klopp knew what he was doing for that. Yeah. That was excellent management by Klopp. He knew exactly absolutely, what uh, absolutely. But we were in that game, and you could see things were changing a little bit in our mindset and the way that we went there. It fell apart. Nuno Tavares, of course, the inexperience of Nuno Tavares, Laconga in that midfield. This is not what's going out there um, on Saturday uh, on Sunday. This is a totally different team, and like you said, plus Zinchenko, plus Jesus. 
on fire Saka, Martinelli in great form. You've got Trossard available if he's on the bench, if he's and not. And I am touching everything wood within distance, Thomas Partey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he missed that game, didn't he, last yeah. year? And he tends to miss all the bloody big games that we play. So if he's good as well, barring most likely Saliba, so if Holding could just keep his cool and not, you know, get himself sent off or go crazy, then um, then I don't think there's any reason why we shouldn't feel comfortable. And, and yeah, like you said, we could go in, um, do one of the great Justin's favourite kickoff. And just really pin them in. There's no reason why we can't. There really isn't, besides it being at Anfield. But that shouldn't be a big enough reason to stop us. It didn't stop us at Old Trafford, which we were really unlucky. That game still pisses me off with that goal that was disallowed. Um, it didn't stop us at Chelsea. We absolutely blew them off the park. And to only win 1-0 is, is an injustice in itself. And it didn't stop us in, in the other games that we played the big team. Spurs away. Uh, killed them. So we can do it. Um, we can absolutely go there and pin them back. Yeah, I mean, as much as Liverpool's home record is good, what we shouldn't overlook is we've also got the best away record in the league. Correct. You know, and we we really shouldn't shouldn't overlook that. And I know we're still in this self-preservation mode. I still won't tell anybody we're going to win the league. I still won't accept that we're favourites. We've got difficult away games. Man City have got all the easy games in the world, blah, blah, blah. But... You know, the fact is that we go into Sunday and I haven't seen the betting market yet. But I would be surprised if Liverpool were favourites. Does anyone know what it is? Good question. I haven't checked that. Yeah. I I would say it's evens, wouldn't you? I, I would imagine it was I would imagine evens. I can't imagine Liverpool are big favourites for that. I, I really I really can't because it's like I said, our away form has been Absolutely brilliant all season. Absolutely brilliant all season. So I'll see I'll see I'll see if I can check now. Hold on. Yeah, well I'm reading that I'm reading that they are slight favourites. Um the win probability is thirty seven percent to thirty six percent. So it's 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 right. It's it's almost evens. It's pretty close. It's purely on historical though. It's it's all historical um yeah, I mean, uh, you know, odds, I, I, I always I always say this, right? Like Arsenal are soft until they're not. That that's how it works. We always lose at Anfield until we don't. That, yeah. That's how it works. And right now we always lose at Anfield. Hopefully Sunday we can change that. But as of this moment in time, we still always lose at Anfield, just Yeah, I mean I mean exactly. That's really the only way you can look at it. Um yeah, uh Paul's brought up a good point. I don't think has party's not played there, right? I don't think nah. he's been to Anfield. Um, other than other than when he come on for ten minutes and got sent off in the League Cup game. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, so I think you know with the couldn't even of, win those <laughs> with the uh, with the shape of their midfield though. I mean, I think uh, you know Party can run rings around that midfield. I think absolutely. I, it'll be a huge edge to have him. Um, like I said, I mean, there's nothing to say we can't do it. You know, it's just I think historically it it you know it scares me. <laughs> Justin, Justin, sorry to cut in, Gab. Gab, Justin, again, I know the generational gap between uh, me and Gab and yourself always comes to fruition in some of these chats. But 88-89, which you know well, but obviously weren't watching that at the time. We hadn't beaten them at Anfield. Can you remember, Gav, when we went there to play them at Anfield? We'd actually won there earlier on that season in the Cup. Um, David Rokas was scored the winner, but in the no, league... no, 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 we didn't though. Gav, the Littlewoods Cup was that not two? It was one one? Oh, was they that beat... one one? Did we win? 
they beat us at Villa. They they, uh, they did a replay at Villa uh, Park. Okay, I thought we. And they beat reason, us. I thought we won that there. Anyway, no, we yeah, drew in it. the league we hadn't for years, and I don't think they'd lost by two clear goals at home in some oh. like best part of a decade. Yeah, yeah, and and we, so we're going there having to win two 0 You know the story. You know yeah, all of that, yeah. but. Like Gavin said, you're only like you're you're soft until you're not. So we went there with a mentality to there was a there was a real plan and how we're going to go and adopt it, keep it tight for the first. Of course, Arteta is probably going to have something along the lines of yeah, keeping it tight for sure with their attack, but it was to keep it tight for the first half and let's spring them in the second half. I think I, I again you. you we never thought they would win by 2-0, but we felt that they could win it. Just 2-0 was nothing. We just need to go there and just avoid defeat. That's all we've got to do. And we play our game. And I can't feel... I, there's nothing in me that suggests that we cannot do that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, I am... Don't get me wrong. I am I am fearful. And I'm sure Sunday morning I'm going to be a wreck. Um, but I, I am hopeful we can do it there. I do see, I just look at the way these two teams line up. And really, if you look at where the strengths and weaknesses of these teams are, this should be a game that favours us all day long. You know, we like to build down the right and then we do that big switch of play to the left. That is kryptonite for them. You draw them out of position and then hit that side where, where Trent normally would be. Like you said, Paz, maybe they go with Joe Gomez. I mean, he ain't keeping up with Martinelli. No. So it, you know, this really we've got the we've got the fear of holding, right? So mm. this is the third game. We know what happens in the third game. <laughs> he's gonna be up against he's he I mean, co- here comes Albino. Albino well, you, look, look, you, you know what happens, and we know that we know that Jot is gonna pull out onto him at every at every opportunity. Yeah. So it's you know, that's that's the fear, and it's it is defensively that is an absolutely logical fear. But defensively, we're very good away. We're better away than we are at home. Defensively, mm, yeah. I mean, there's reasons for it. We don't. We're not quite as gung ho. We don't leave two at the back against against four defenders like we do at home a lot. Um, but we we generally are good away. So there's plenty of reasons to be to be hopeful here. And like I said, I do think if you if you look at the styles of the two teams, it, they actually playing against them actually does suit us. Whereas. I don't think playing Man City does suit us because of the way they like to dominate the ball because they're so they're so they've got so much emphasis on shape and space, which is very similar to how we play. Liverpool aren't quite like that. Liverpool will Liverpool basically abandon the midfield, right? They've always done this under clock. They don't really use their midfield. They they drop deeper as a backline and then try and squeeze try and bring you out and then bang, they hit over the top. And I, I just think we're more than capable of dealing with that. And if they want to abandon that midfield, that plays into our strengths completely, Pass. Absolutely. And I think I, I think you make a good point. I think we're going to control the game. That's my perception. We will control the game. It will be them hitting us on the counter. Uh, not as extreme as Man United are, but there will, I think we're going to, we're going to boss really that midfield completely because Shaka we've got you know um we've got the second coming of Christ the way he's playing at the moment and then you've got party controlling and calling the shots in midfield you've got the support of Zinchenko um yeah the control is going to be on our end now the difference is is going to be how what's going to be happening in the form of the attack because 
Liverpool, we know, like you mentioned, mentioning Trent, Trent can ping a pass. Bam, they're right in. And Salah has a great record against us. Jota and even bloody Firmino has a good record against us. So we know what those three can do if it is those three. Nunez, I... Um, I, I think it will be Nunes instead of Firmino up there. Uh, I, I agree. He, actually, I just realised I forgot about him. Actually, um, I've um, I, I also think um, it, it's actually a blessing that Luis Diaz is not there because I think oh uh, Diaz is back. By the way, yeah, I, I mean he's not going to start, but he is back. He's going to be on the bench. It hasn't hasn't um, Gapko been starting in the center for them though? That's another one as well. Gapko because he didn't play yeah. against. He came on as a sub against Chelsea, doesn't he? So he's going to also be oh oh. Say what I feel about Gakpo next week because I ain't saying it now. Yeah, yeah, good idea. Good idea. Um, why don't you say he's a marvelous player though, Gak? Why don't you just commend we'll talk, him? We'll talk about Gakpo the, the whole post- thing. We'll talk about Gakpo in the post-match reaction. Well, he listen. He can cause problems. Yeah. Um, we, Justin knows that obviously from his uh, analysis of Holland and understanding of the Dutch team. He he is he is a threat, and um, I, I attack is where is going to be our biggest concern. Simple as that. Midfield isn't attack, and it's how they transition that ball to attack and how we deal with it, which is going to be the difference. Because we know we'll have it in the midfield. We'll play it out to the wings. We'll have Jesus dropping in or Trossard or one of them. By the way, Klopp loves Martinelli. Have you heard his comments about Martinelli in the past? I was, I was actually going to bring this up before when we were talking about the uh, about where, where which of the front three we'd, we'd play. Um, and we kind of just moved away from it, but but Martinelli Klopp absolutely adores Martinelli. Yeah, yeah, and it says a lot that we've renewed his contract and they've regressed as a team. So shows you um, where we're at at the moment in terms of. But it, it, it's gonna. It, well, you know, for a neutral, for me, for you, for Justin, it's gonna be horrendous watching that game. I'm telling you, it's gonna go so slow. Uh, it, when we if we score, it goes even slower. Um, because we know what's happened in the past. But I think for a neutral, this is going to be an outstanding match to watch. It really is. Yeah, just we I think we need the first goal in this one, right? Like that's that's yeah. we we've got to get that crowd quietened down. We've got to get it settled down. If we could get if we could get a goal, if we could get the first goal, and you know, with them in the kind of form they're in, I think the nerves could really settle it set in. Yeah, the first goal would help a lot. Uh, we've all kind of already said that we've got a good feeling we'll control the game. Um, but getting that first goal, I think, will go a, a long way. Um, let me ask you this. I don't want to uh, uh, flip a question on you, but I'm just curious what you guys think. So the first Liverpool game, we um, started Tomiyasu at uh, left back, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. to help neutralize Salah. So we know that's not an option uh, are you guys a little nervous with potentially Trent and Salah running at uh, Zinchenko, knowing that he kind of vacates his position a lot? Uh, I'll, I'll tell that one first. You want Paz? I'm not because yeah. I don't think Salah's a winger. So I think Salah's going to be running into Gabriel. I, I don't think it's got anything to do with Zinchenko. So I'm I'm actually not. He's one of the. I mean, when Tommy Asu played, he basically did a man marking job on him. Right? He right. followed yeah. him. He followed him back into his own half. He followed him into the centre. He followed him in the toilet when he had a shit at half time. Like Tommy Asu just just did not leave his side, and he, he did it. He did it brilliantly. But this, I, I just don't think that it's. I, I don't think it's necessary to do that. It was. I get why he did it, and it worked. But I don't think that's necessary. So I'm not worried about that. Also, 
I'd like to bring up how good Zinchenko is in the air, which has shocked me. I didn't realise that he basically wins every header. He's got some sort of go-go gadget legs. Um, <laughs> so that big switch that they like a lot. I'm telling you now, watch for it. I bet you I bet you Zinchenko cuts out about 15 of them with headers. Pass, take it away. Well, also, uh, Zinchenko wasn't an option against Liverpool when we played them at home. So I think what would be interesting is, would he, have, he would have played, I think, instead of Tomiyasu. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, um, but but absolutely good point, Justin, because of the because Tommy Asu did an absolutely brilliant job on Salah uh, and nullified any threat. I think we're just going to have to accept they're going to be an, a threat coming forward to us. They're going to expose some parts of our defence. Um, they're a tricky bunch, especially from a attacking threat. But then Zinchenko is going to offer that control in midfield. So from um, when you flip it. The what Zinchenko is going to offer us, what I think will outweigh a lot more of whatever defensive frailties he might have, um, because we're going to be so much more in control of the ball uh, against Liverpool side at Anfield than we've ever been. Now, I'm not trying to jinx it, but I just feel that that's got to be the case. It has to be with Odegaard as well. It's, I think we're going to, I, I, I really go into this a lot more confident than I've ever been. Holding is a little bit of a concern for me, but, um, like Gav said, if party is still, if party is there, Zinchenko is there, I'm a lot more comfortable. And I think we're going to have to score multiple goals in this one, right? I don't think any of us are expecting a clean sheet, Just Yeah. We, we, oh, sorry, Just Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not. I. I imagine this is going to be a, a bit of a thriller, a multi-goal thriller. Mm. Um, you, you know, I. I mean, I. I like holding. I think he does a good job. You know, defensively, he. He's obviously a bit of a step down from Saliba. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that, uh, but it is a, a weak spot. And, you know, Liverpool is going to be aware of that. They're going to throw a lot at him, I think. Um, so, no, I it, I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet in this one. Pass. Yeah, I, I, I do. We have gone 1-0 up against Liverpool quite a few times and still got battered. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. We're going to need... We're going to need to definitely go into it um, with the idea of scoring more than one goal, for sure. They have this incredible knack of us going 1-0 down and then just absolutely going for it tooth and nail. So, uh, absolutely, I I agree with you. Or 0-0, I'll take a 0-0, but it'll be the most excruciating match to watch if it does stay, if it is 0-0. Yeah, see, I I wouldn't take a draw here on Sunday. I've got to say, I, I wouldn't. I think we're going to have to win. Either mm. here or at the Etihad. I think we're yeah. going to have to win one of them. Um, at least one. Arteta would never play for a draw, I don't think. No, anyone. no, no, absolutely not. But I, I do think this is the this is the one. I think if we win this on if we win this on Sunday, we'll all be feeling a hell of a lot better on on Monday morning. Do you know what I mean? Like I think this is a this is a big big test, and I think it's mm. one we've got to win. And it would not surprise me at all if this was three two or four three. I, I think there's going to be goals in this. Yeah. So, okay, that's all right. Well, thanks hey, for that. hey, Gaff. Yep, go for it. Hey, uh, you got so excited about the game, you forgot the uh, who am I? I forget the who am I, didn't I? <laughs> oh, man, well reminded, Gus. Well reminded. God damn it, I can't believe I nearly forgot that. Okay, all right. Who am I? I'm uh, a player that's played for both Arsenal and Liverpool. So my career path, league games only. I played for Millwall and played 110 times before moving to Liverpool, where I made five appearances. I then moved to Arsenal, where I played 25 times, going out on loan to Oxford United, where I played nine times. I went to Portsmouth and played 72 times. 
and then back to Millwall, where I finished my career with 16 league appearances. Who am I? You got uh, any ideas, lads? Uh, yeah, I think I do. Uh, I, I thought it was the other way around, the Liverpool-Arsenal, but I, I think I've got it. Okay, do you know <clears> he's just? No, I don't. No? Well, I tell you what, we've got a special guest coming on in the second half who's a Liverpool fan, and I'm going to ask him this as well. So, Jazz is bowed out. So, Pass, who is it? Uh, Jimmy Carter. It is Jimmy Carter. Well done. So, there <laughs> you go. So, that's that. We will run through that again in the uh, second half with uh, with our, our Liverpool fan, Matt. So, Jazz is going to be leaving us now. Uh, me and Pass will be back after the break for the second half. So, we'll see you then. All right. Good night. Cheers. Hey, guys. Just a couple of quick halftime announcements. We would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience, and we thank you for your support. Also, don't forget to check out our socials. We are The NN Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We try and put out some cool content, so give us a like or a follow and help us build our Guna community. Hello, and welcome back to the Non-Negotiable Podcast. Uh, myself and Pascal are still here, and we are joined by Liverpool fan Matt. Matt is a uh, Canadian by birth, which you can insert your own A and Moose joke here if you want. Uh, but he's lived in the UK for quite a while. He's a big Liverpool fan. Uh, Matt, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, more than welcome. More than welcome. So, um, if you would, just give us a little summation of how you've seen Liverpool's season so far. Obviously, it's not what you were hoping for and it's a bit of a regression from the from the previous few seasons but um you know how 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 have you guys seen it from your point of view uh yeah it's been a, just a disaster it's been a complete nightmare pretty much as bad as um i would say boys year maybe about 11 <laughs> years ago i think it's it's been just just horrendous <laughs> can't wait for it to end um yeah not a, especially when the expectations were pretty high after the uh, quad last year you know it was so close and then to just completely just shit the bed this year. Um, it's been really tough to take. Um, yeah, not many hopes now for the rest of the year. I think maybe um, I would just be happy if we got Europa League, to be honest. I, I don't think there's much hope for um, for Champions League now at this point. It's, it's uh, pretty poor. Ever since the main U game, it's been um, all downhill again. But it's, it's very Jekyll and Hyde. You know, they're, they're all over the place. But... Uh, the common denominator lately is it's just they can't get anything together. So I'm not looking forward to uh, looking forward to next season in the summer where we get some new spending in, some new players in. So why do you think that there is such a huge difference between the home and away record? We all know about the Am- Anfield atmosphere and that, but you've lost one game at home all season. You've lost eight away. How can you be that different aside, home and away? Yeah, it's it's been like that uh, for a while now. Just this year's extreme. Like, they're just so terrible away from home. It's unbelievable. I think we've dropped, like, um, almost all of our games away from home. But it, but yet at home, we have, like, one of the best records, yeah, in the premiership. Um, Anfield's obviously a really, really tough tough place to play. So that's a big part of it. Like, Klopp has made it a proper, um, you know, fortress there. Um, but away from home, they just can't get just can't get it together. It's a lot of it is I think um, other teams just were a bit of a soft touch. They just they just played through our midfield so easily. Um, 
and the, and the, the, the home support definitely makes a big difference um, for Liverpool. So it's been, yeah, I, I think unless they can pull together a couple of away wins, then I don't think there's any any real hope for, for top four at this point. Um, and they're too inconsistent away from home to really rely on any sort of um, uptick. So Matt, I've got, um, I've got a question for you. So, you know, first it's quite interesting. You said about Roy and, uh, cause I, I remember working with you and, uh, how, uh, how upset you were. And, uh, it was, it was tough times. I mean, uh, Paul Konchesky, I think was your, uh, was your idol at that time. Christian Paulson. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. Yeah. They, they were rough moments. Um, now what I wanted to ask you is because obviously I've, I've, we've been seeing Liverpool and their progression under Klopp. Um, it, it is weird because last season they were on for the quadruple. They won two domestic cups. Um, they're in the final of the Champions League. Um, do you think, it's kind of two questions. Do you think they hit their ceiling last year? And what do you think, like, can you give a few reasons of what has gone wrong this year? Um, that That's such a drastic change from what we saw last. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it probably was a bit of a peak um, last season. The squad is getting a bit on now. Um, you can especially see it in midfield. I mean, I think we have pretty much the oldest starting regulars in the, in the Premiership. Mm. Fabino, Thiago, Hendo. I mean, they're all like around 30. Hendo's 32 now and his, his legs have gone. Um, it's just... Yeah, I, I think we, with that squad, it's time for a new uh, rebuild now. He needs to completely rebuild the, the midfield there. Um, so we'll get some new blood in in the summer is the hope. But um, yeah, I think last year was definitely a bit of a the, the, the high point peak. I think this year, there shouldn't have been this much of a drop-off, though. There's been a lot of strange, strange issues for sure. Like, there was a lot of backroom backroom turmoil, turmoil last year apparently like behind the scenes a little bit people weren't really aware but quite a few people in the backroom staff left um and i think so there was a, a melissa ready the reporter liverpool reporter came out a couple months ago with like an ex expose about it and people were worried that Klopp has kind of done a bit of a power grab there and um it can be a bit of a control freak and so some of the backroom staff i think kind of pissed them off so they buggered off like we lost our director Edwards, who was amazing. He got us like so many, so many good deals on signings. We'd get rid of a lot of the riffraff for good prices. Our kids, um, and then his replacement came in just this year, Julian Ward. His he's already going, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's already going as well. He, he had like groomed him and everything, and had been with the club for a long time. So it was a bit of a shocker. He suddenly left. And then the top physio left. I think that has had a really big impact on the season because the the physio, you know, Liverpool has always prided itself under Klopp as being a very um, uh, intense side. And we rely on our geek and pressing and, you know, swarming opposition, especially from midfield. And and that, that just isn't there at all this year to see. It's just a massive uh, drop off. Like the, the amount of running the players have done is, is down huge. I think at least 10% or something. So we're just getting overrun by teams way too much. And I think a lot of that had to do last year with, so it was a shortened, you know, it was a long season because of because of the um, World Cup and everything, uh, a condensed off season basically. So it was a much uh, much shortened off season there. So Klopp didn't get to do his usual usual preps that he wants to do. 
Um, and then there was the uh, there was a bit more of the um, commercialism down, running down to the uh, uh, Thailand down there and stuff like that. Yeah. So he didn't get to have these usual summer where he could um, build up the fitness for everyone quite as much. Um, I think that played into things and it also led into the massive amount of injuries we've had this year. It's just been insane. Like you can't blame everything on injuries. Obviously it's ridiculous, but there is a massive correlation between our points and how many people are out. It's really consistent over the past, like 10 years. I, I saw something a couple months ago on it and we've had like ridiculous amount of injuries. Just the other month I saw, we had like 160 man games lost to injuries. The next closest club was like Chelsea at 120. So it's been really devastating, especially with players like Diaz, Tiago's aging now, but he's he's missed so much time. It's just constant the amount of the amount of muscle injuries too. So I think it's a lot to do with the fact that physio left and the condensed summer. Um, the fact we do have a lot of injury prone players too hasn't helped. That the squad needs to definitely clear out of a bunch of those those guys. But th those are probably the biggest factors I'd say. Um, and then just loss of form. The confidence seems to be gone from from quite a lot of the players um, over the past few months. They seem to be able to get. Get up for some of the big games, you know, like obviously like Man U, beat City, the Newcastle game was a nice win, and then they just just completely shut the bed against the, the deadbeats way too much. Matt, do you think there's been an emotional toll as well? Because like we've been doing this back and forth with City for about three months now, really. I mean, I would only really count as post-World Cup. Before that, let's be fair, we were here for a good time, not a long time. Post-World Cup, all of a sudden it's become real. And we were talking last week, we beat Leeds 4-1 and not one of us enjoyed that game because City had trounced you in the morning. So all we were doing was just keeping up. That was it. And we've been doing this for three months and we are exhausted. You did it for four years, which is, I, I think it's amazing to keep, to keep pace with that team with unlimited funds and, you know, let's be fair, financial doping. Keeping up with that for four years, I think is amazing. But I think there's there's an emotional toll. Do you think that that's played a part in this as well? Yeah, I think that's that's definitely part of it as well. It's the earlier about the peaking. I think that kind of took a massive toll. I mean, they played every game possible last year, 63 games. So, and it's an aging squad a bit. So that kind of double, double whammy there. Um, and it was a big letdown losing, you know, the final dead kick of the season against City. And then the Champions League game that they... they Know, outplayed Real Madrid, but Courtois basically stole it for them. So, and then he ended up with the two weaker trophies. So it was a massive letdown. Um, and in this year, it did start well though. The Charity Shield, they were on it. You know, beat, beat them in in uh, City and that. But then after that, it just it was just kind of a roller coaster, and it took it took its toll, the mental aspect for sure on players. It's been them been able to recover basically. Do you, um, Matt? Do you see? Um... Do you see Klopp still the future for Liverpool? Because um, I know there's been a lot of debate amongst Liverpool fans. Um, I mean, I don't want to play too much into what certain radio stations say and when they come on and they, they can be quite um, hyperbolic. But do you see him at him also reaching his ceiling with Liverpool? Or do you think this is just a blip that he can rectify? Yeah, the Klopp debate is raging firmly everywhere right now. Um, well, it's tough with Klopp. I mean, he has so much built up cred over the years. Like, you just don't throw someone like that aside. I mean, he's like obviously one of the best managers of the modern era. What he's achieved at Liverpool, um, even at Dortmund as well. Yeah. So it's a tough one. I mean, personally, I, I think you have to go with them for the rest of the year for sure. And he's a big draw for players. And we have to rebuild this summer. 
um, especially linked to like Jude. Without Klopp, I don't think we would be able to seal that deal. Whereas I think it looks like he's probably going to come um, and he can help draw on a couple more players. But if he if things don't improve next year, then he then he has to go. That has to be it now. So I would give him give him another year. But if, if things don't pick up next year, then, then he has to go. But there's also sacking him now. Like, well, what is the point as well? The season's over for us. It's, it's just it's just a waste of time sacking someone now. We're not Chelsea. Mm. Yeah, I, I I think you're you're exactly right there. I don't think you you sack him yet. You 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 know you've got to keep you've got to keep with him basically until he proves he can't do it. It's a, mm-hmm. it's as simple as that. He's he's earned that at least. Talking about transfers in the summer, I know obviously FSG looking for outside investment. Trying to let, let let's say a takeover doesn't come. Realistically, what do you think they're going to be doing in the summer? Like, I mean, there's not many saleable assets left, right? That you actually want to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like there won't be a takeover anymore. They pulled out of the table. They didn't get the bids they wanted, but they're 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 really close to getting some investment in for sure. Um, so hopefully, if they put that towards the club, then that would be good because we got some investment from Redbird a few years ago for a huge amount, and they didn't, you know, they spent on like I think the Penguins. So because they, they have this multi-sport empire, so I don't know. I, but they realize now things are so bad that they're, they're going to plow money into the club. Like I, I think they're expecting, I would say, over two hundred million pounds into the club to spend on players, um, and then from sales can top that up. There, there is not not to sell anymore, and we've lost Edward's magic touch now. Or like you know, securing the Solanke deals and things like that. Um, our backup keeper wants to go. It sounds like Keller, and he's he's quite highly rated. So we'll probably pull in twenty to thirty million for him. If we get a if we get a, a good bidder, we'll probably sell Phillips maybe for ten million as a backup. We've been hanging on him forever, um, and then just you know a couple of maybe kids uh, that are no longer needed that you can always sell off for a bit. So it would it'd be great if we could raise like 50 million. And it depends as well, like who we actually want to replace. I mean, Fabino has just been terrible. So it would be great to get, to get rid of him, I think. But I mean, it's a bitter at this point. I don't, I can't see someone's dumping up that much money for him. I mean, he's 29 now. Um, Matt Tip as well can go. Um, and then the other ones that are expiring, like you got, you got Ox is going to be gone for sure. Um, right, it's going on a free as well, right? Who, sorry? Nabi Kaita. He's going yeah, up. Three, yeah, right? he's gone. Uh, this is a big loss lead on that one. Um, so that at least helps the payer on Firmino's leaving. But in terms of uh, recouping sales, it'll probably be the usual. I mean, we usually recoup like 30 to 40 million a summer um, in sales. But this summer, they're going to go big. I mean, they pretty much have to because last summer, they were so stingy. We They wanted to get Shemeni that went to Madrid, right? But, you know, that, that, after that, they just didn't bother getting anyone else in. They just stuck with it. So it's kind of like pushed ahead to this summer so now they know they got to go big and it's probably going to be jude and but if we need more than that so hopefully they still stop up for a couple more do you think you'll uh, do you think you'll battle us for declan rice to to go with bellingham or do you think it'll be bellingham and then they're going to look somewhere else no i don't i haven't been linked with rice at all i, I think you guys will probably have the inside track on him whereas we have it with jude I think they'll probably go foreign. I'd love to get like Ugarte from Lisbon, like someone. We need a proper DM, so that would be good. Um, and then another midfielder. Uh, well, I remember linked with Mount. I mean, I would take Mount if we got a we got a decent uh, deal on him for like forty, fifty million, because um, we need more English players. We don't have many left in our squad, so um, that that would be useful. I think three mids would be good, but not Declan. No, I don't think we're in for him. Harry Maguire is going to be available, I read. <laughs> For sure, man. <laughs> hey, you love him. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely help out. 
Matt, um, so we, we, we were talking in the, um, the previous session about, you know, some are basically our fear of playing at Anfield because we have such an awful record at Anfield and it's, it, it couldn't, you know, it's, it's so, it's a really difficult time for us because we know that, yeah, form's been great, but when we go to Anfield for some reason, form goes out of the window um, and we just, res- we just collapse sometime, you know, as a, as a team. You know, being a Liverpool fan, now you've been a Liverpool fan. I think I think memory serves me correct. Ninety six, uh, I think it was Euro ninety six. I remember yeah. you always quote that as a time when you started to get into football. Do you have any memorable Arsenal Liverpool games that you that stick in your mind? Uh, either at Anfield, well, probably let's say Anfield because that's where we're going to play. Um, that obviously for you, you cherish or you remember vividly. Not anything in particular sticks out. The craziest game was obviously the Arshavin 4-4. Like, that was just absolutely insane. Mm. Um, probably just the, the recent Klopp ones. They kind of all merge into one just because the, there's been so many beatdowns lately. <laughs> <laughs> the Klopp ones just recently. Mane's goal was pretty huge. You know, I think that was Klopp's first first uh, win over Arsenal. I think that one, when we won 4-1, is probably the, probably the best one. What was the, was the Arshavin, was Rogers the manager then? Who was the manager? Or was it Roy? It was uh, before him. I think it was Rafa then, I think. Oh, it was Rafa. And, and what was the one where we, um, I think it was Klopp's first game. And I, I think first game against us and Skirtle scored in the last minute. It was another classic where we're leading, and then wasn't that the uh, was that the one at the Emirates though, where where it was like eight minutes into injury time after the penalty when no 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 not that one I know which one you're thinking of. that's the Van Persie right is that when Abue yeah um, yeah no I'm I'm talking about actually at Anfield and I'm pretty sure it was Klopp's first game against us and Liverpool had Skirtle at the back and. And then we were leading. I think it finished two-two. And then they scored in the uh, as always in the, like the injury time or something like that. Uh, I think that was that was uh, another. That was like the last time we actually com- gave you a game at Anfield. I think <laughs> it's been a long time now. Yeah, yeah the record is not quite as bad as Man U, but it's it's up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's not been pretty. So from the outside matt looking at arsenal season from the outside how have you how have you guys seen it because we've kind of almost taken your mantle this season really um you know it's it, i've said this to you before when when we've been talking I, I just think this goes in goes in cycles i don't think anyone is until maybe newcastle another financially doped club i think for a normal football club i don't think it's possible to challenge city long term i think what you've done over the last 4 years has been amazing I think this is kind of the start of our cycle now. Um, but how do you see our season from the outsider's point of view? Yeah, obviously uh, very jealous. It's like how, how we used to be, basically. You're, you seem to be the new Liverpool now, I think. Um, seem to be following in our footsteps a lot. I, I like the way Arsenal play, too. You can see very early on, right away, you guys were on the front foot and reminded me so much of us uh, under Klopp in the past. And, and it's been a really good season for you guys. Really tough team. Um, losing Jesus was tough, but you guys weathered it in that storm a couple of months ago where you dropped a few points, but now they're rolling again. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be really tough to take down City. Uh, it all comes down to that, <laughs> that Eddie had. If, if you can just not lose that, then I think you can get the title, but otherwise it might be a bit, uh, might be a bit tough because they're looking good now as well. Do you, um, from a Liverpool fan, do you see parallels between 
our rise and your rise. I mean, I, I see parallels in that it's two clubs that have tradition, have history. They're not financially doped. A lot of young players. I remember Liverpool when they first came on the senior, you Robertson, Trent coming in, um, shrewd purchases, um, Zinchenko for us, Jesus, party if he can just like be available for the most important games uh you know youth players like we've had Saliba coming in um do you see certain parallels in in our rise now to where we are then in in how Liverpool also uh also young manager um you know kind of dynamic um the football is also attractive um I, I see a lot of parallels um do you see the same yeah, there's definitely definitely a lot there. Um, it's been you guys have spent pretty well um, the last two summers and developing the youth. Um, Arteta kind of surprised me a bit. I wasn't really expecting him to uh, kick on so much this year, um, but yeah, he's done well and they play play a good style of football that is not not too far off of um, you know Klopp's um, Gongo style. It's just it's just how you just dominate games really really strongly the way we used to. Um, you know, it's always under control pretty much. Um, and we'll be a bit tough for managing with those Saliba now, I think, the final stretch there. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he controlled things really well. I've been lucky with Party staying healthy, definitely, because he's so do, key for you. Do you see that against um, your boys on Sunday? Because I'm, I've am i got a feeling that the possession stats are going to be very different to what they used to be, where we will probably have more of the ball, just purely because your midfield maybe is not what it was. And our midfield, if Party is there, is is can control the ball and the tempo and then you know, complement by Zinchenko and then Shaka. Um, do you see that happening at Anfield as well? I don't know. I, I have a feeling Arteta is usually very cautious uh, against us. I think he will still be um, fairly cautious. Mm. With Klopp these days, he's been more cautious than usual. But at Anfield, though, we still usually come out. Um, it's often a high line. I mean, I'm hoping for a bit more caution, to be honest, but it should be a good battle. I, I don't really know what to say with us. I don't even know who will play. He rested so many players uh, midweek because yeah, he was so fed up with the, the the starters. So I, I assume they'll come back in and it should be our best lineup. Uh, should give you a good go. Um, but I think yeah. it'll be a tough affair, like usual. We touched on that in the first part, Matt. Were, were you surprised to see the team on Tuesday night when it was announced? And... Do you think that it was resting players or it was more kicking players up the arse by saying you are not just going to play regardless of, of the performances you turn in? What, what, where do you fall on that? Yeah, I think it's probably a bit of both. It definitely was a kick in the ass because um, they've been playing so shit lately. It definitely was part of that. And the fact it was only three days after the, the tough game against City, though, I think he was looking ahead to this one as well to get some, some more um, legs in the players. So I think he'll come back with the full lineup, the strong lineup. You see, we were confused about that because we were talking, as Gav said, do you think as part of it was a statement as well to say to, you know, Trent, who has been pretty well defensively recently, you know, hey, you're not, you're not indispensable. Everyone's droppable. Uh, I don't know about Van Dyke. I can't speak for him. I haven't really I think monitored he was his performance. He, he was ill. Oh, he was yeah. sick. Okay. He him okay. Him. So, um, you know, Trent Robertson, I think has been all right. Um, but, you know, Salah, I think played well against, he was probably the better of the attacking players, but he dropped quite a lot of players. Do you think it was more, was it a, a, an amalgamation of a statement to them, but also thinking of the Arsenal game? Because, 
for me, thinking of the Arsenal game was a bit weird because you guys are off the pace. So wouldn't you want to go in against a Chelsea team, which has not been that great? They're not setting the world alight. They can't score for love nor money. And you'd think you'd yeah. want to go in and at least get a win in that game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I guess because it was the midweek game, so I think that's why he would rest for, for the Chelsea yeah. game. Okay. I mean, we're so atrocious away from home. Um, he'll go, go guns blazing against you guys. Hopefully, um, do you think it'll be win. Gomez like, or Trent? Uh, no, I think Trent will come back in. Okay. I think that was more of just a rest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One of the theories we had, Matt, was that there's uh, an. It seems to me like there's an element of protect this house going on here, right? Where you go to Chelsea, and he was quite willing to make those changes at Chelsea, and part of it is because. You basically you need to keep winning at Anfield, right? You've got to get something out of this season, and if something that comes out of this season is Anfield is still a fortress, then that's what it's got to be. Do you, do you kind of feel there might be a little bit of that involved as well? Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, he's always made that his focal point to make Anfield a fortress, and, and that's been our saved us this season. It's the only thing we've been playing good at. So yeah, it's probably a, a lot of it. Yeah, and it's Arsenal, right? I mean. It can make its uh, effect on the title here if we can take points here. Much bigger game than Chelsea right now. Do you think, um, I mean, I, I know you can't speak for all Liverpool fans. Uh, I don't know the answer to this question, so I'm asking you, do you think more Liverpool fans want Arsenal to win it or City if they had to choose? Oh, it, yeah, I'm pretty sure most would 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 pick Arsenal. I mean, especially there's a lot of bad blood now for the past years with the city. Uh, they're, they're like, you know, pretty much hate them and the whole Petro club thing. I, I'm pretty sure most would go for Arsenal. Okay. And, and uh, with that as well, just touching on the uh, financial doping side of things in the Petro club, I know you and Gavin have had some really good discussions about that. Just, in a nutshell, what, what do you, where do you think the direction of football is going now uh, with all of this going on now, Man United, potentially yourselves, uh, the interest from these Petro nations, Newcastle's rise? Where where do you, where is your fear with football now? And where do you think it's going? Yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty uh, cynical bastard about these things. Um <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty bad. I think it's going to a bad place with this shit. <laughs> you can't just have countries only. No, I know to put it in a nutshell it was hard, <laughs> but um, but you know, just to give us an outline of your thoughts, because I know Gavin and Gavin has some really strong thoughts. So I do as well, but you and Gavin are really informed on these kind of things. So I always like to it's quite interesting getting insight and obviously you being from a different club, um, similar to ours in a in a lot of ways. So, you know, what 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 do do you feel football is going downhill? Do you think that's the direction it's going unless there's something that stops it? Um, yeah, I mean, it has been heading down that road. I'm somewhat hopeful about the whole city investigation though that's happened now. Mm. So I think they are gonna get taken down. We have to wait and see what this, you know, council Good does. If it was next with... week. Sorry? It would be good if it was next week. <laughs> That's the thing. It's not going to be for a while. It sounds like it, these things are slow. But yeah, that would be amazing. Um, yeah, but I think that will have an effect. I don't know. I, I'm always kind of somewhat hopeful about these things. Um, and it sounds like the UK government is more interested now, maybe putting a little pressure on things. Um, they even just altered the um, uh, rule to allow you know, fit and proper person test. They're talking about changing that a little bit now. So that would be great if they could do that quickly before maybe May and you get bought by by these douchebags. But um, it's going to be more but won't affect that, I'm sure. 
Um, but yeah, unfortunately, with the interest in the Middle East is not really good for football, I think, that's for sure. So a hypothetical one. And we, we've got something similar at the minute because obviously Barcelona run under investigation for uh, bribing refs and in, in some <laughs> terrible, unreliable website, they were talking about the 2006 Champions League final and, and should Barcelona get stripped and it be given to Arsenal. Um, so with the Manchester City investigation, whichever way it goes, how would you feel if they said, okay, we're stripping Liverpool, we're stripping Man City of those titles and hand them to Liverpool. Do you think they should be handed over, or do you think it just goes null and void? Or do you think it uh, should, I should say? Should, yeah. I, I think they should. Uh, I think that that's what most sports do. Um, I think they should just give them to the next big team. I know Inter got it after the whole uh, Helsiopoli rubbish from a while ago. So I think I think we should get it. I, I, would, I would take it with open arms, because, <laughs> I mean, they're dirty cheaters. Uh, Second-place teams deserve it. I think they would man you, but also get a couple. So it, just, it depends yes. on it depends on when they started from. I think thirteen yeah. fifteen was the was the starting point, right, of when this investigation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this one only goes up to like eighteen. So then yeah. they 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 are going to investigate more of those. So then it would be even more after this. But this only covers the first four. Yeah. Yeah. What What do you see as the as the likely outcome there? Because I mean, my my feeling is I don't think it can just be a fine, right? I think they've got something. If they didn't, they wouldn't have made this public. And I don't think it's going to just be a fine. I think it's going to be a point deduction, but I think it will be a point deduction for the following season from whenever they're charged. Where do you see this going? Yeah, um, I think it should definitely be throw the book at them. It should be uh, relegation, um, stripped of uh, the titles. I think that will be pretty tough, though. I mean, I don't think they wouldn't have done this if they weren't, if there was only a slap on the wrist. I, I think it will be pretty serious. Um and then make a, an, an event, um, an example of them for the future as well, you know? I think that's part of it, because um, they're under a bit of pressure from the government to, uh, that's why they only did this in the first place. They didn't give a crap before. Um, but because of the whole, you know, the whole um, uh, stopping the ESL, uh, the Super League, um, because of that, the government launched an inquiry into it. Um, and then the fan, they listen to the fans, and this is one of the things they want, right? So they're actually trying to do something for the fans. And this would be great if they did throw the book at them. so bringing it back to the game on sunday um how are you feeling are you feeling are you feeling confident is the mood amongst the liverpool fans confident being at home i mean like pass said we're obviously on great form we've got the best away record in the league um but you guys home form is home form is still good even when you're even when your away form's floundering so um are you pretty confident going into sunday not in the least bit. <laughs> Spoken like a true football fan. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I also felt it, you know, nothing going into the main U game. And look how that turned out. I mean, it's the biggest historic battering ever. So you never know. We're like checking yeah. the line. And anything yeah. could happen. And, and I'm leaning on our record against you guys. I wouldn't be surprised if we did. We did walk away with it. But, I mean, you guys are clearly the better team this year. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if you battled this like City just did. I I I have to say I'm I I do feel confident going in this game and I know history ideally shouldn't have any part to play but I think it is a psychological issue for us when we go to Anfield I think we we psychologically you know like I was referring to in the first session you weren't there when Mikel Arteta plays the you'll never walk alone when they're doing their training to kind of give them that that feeling of what it will be like playing at Anfield whether that works or not 
it didn't work last time they played. No. <laughs> but the fact is, it is a part that plays in the psyche of Arsenal Football Club because when historically, Gav and I were talking about it, even when we were championship winning teams, I remember we went uh, 97, 98, we'd won the league title. We went to play you there and you still battered us 4-0 or 4-1 or whatever it was. Um, so um, it, it, it is something that's that has historically affected us. And I, to say that it won't when we go there, I think would be naive because it seems to always do. But I just something inside me says that I think if we can control the game and not be so overall by the uh, atmosphere, then we can give you at least a much better game than we have for the last 10 years. That's not saying much, but um, there seems to be enough there in our team to at least uh, at least go for it and a lot less in your team than previous matches that we've had against you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is the biggest chance you've had in, in God knows how long, yeah. since like War or something at least. Yeah, no, definitely. And it, for you guys, it is a big psychological uh, barrier. So if, if you can get past this, then then you could be well on your way to the title. And we um, still didn't beat you when Roy was there. I think it was uh, we drew 1-1 one, one and Shamak scored in the last minute. Remember that, Gav? Oh, Marouane Shamak. Who can forget the man with three haircuts in one? All right. All right, Matt. Um, so we like to play a game on this podcast where we, uh, we look at a player who's played for both clubs and... Uh, we go through their career, league appearances only, and we uh, see if we can guess who it is. You, you want to have a go? Yeah, that's a real tough one. I mean, I saw that. So Portsmouth, Liverpool, Arsenal. So it's, I, so it's, it's Millwall, 110 games for Millwall. Then uh, moved to Liverpool, five games. Then moved to Arsenal, 25 games. Went to Oxford on loan for nine games. 72 games for Portsmouth and then finished back at Millwall for 16, 16 games. I'll give you a clue. It was a George Graham signing for Arsenal. Oh, yeah, that's before my time. I, I have a feeling he may have been Graham Souness for, for Liverpool. I think he might have come in with David Speedy. Oh, OK. I mean, the only guy I can think from that era, this is before my time, would be Michael Thomas, because I know he played for both of our teams. Good guess. Yeah, Good it, guess. It was, it was, we actually we actually uh, went through that before the pod, that, <laughs> that Michael Thomas was the other one. I just thought Michael yeah. Thomas would be too easy. It's actually Jimmy Carter. The uh, rather not the president winger. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> but I mean, you know, he only played five games for Liverpool, so I'm guessing he's not a massive part of the history. <laughs> no, I never. That Graham Souness era is one that I think you will want to forget. He'd actually <laughs> be a Roy signing, to be honest. Yeah, he would <laughs> like it. related to the modern day. He would. Well, Matt, thanks a lot for joining us tonight, man. We uh, we appreciate you coming on and appreciate you talking to us about Liverpool a little bit. Um, so any um, any other thoughts on uh, on the game on Sunday you wanna you wanna put forward like um, who you think is gonna be your starting lineup? Uh, well, I'm hoping Hendo gets dropped. He's just been abysmal lately. I really would like to see that. Um, otherwise, just just go go with the best um, and play a bit cautious. I don't I don't want to go gun to against you lot. Um, that's about it, really. Any predictions, Matt? Um. What, what your heart and your head are telling you? Is it the same thing? Your heart and your head? No, the, 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 I'll go. With, I'll go with the heart this time. I'll go two one Liverpool. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Gold All right. Thrown down. All right. at, at least you said two one, not five one, or something like that. Yeah, so that's true. Gives that's me hope. True. Things have changed. <laughs> that's holding back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot. Like I said again, Matt. Thanks a lot for coming on. We appreciate it. Um, and from us, we will. See you again after the game on Monday when hopefully we'll be happy and Matt will be very sad.
Definitely. Good night. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, good luck.